Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And today is the day that all you wage slaves and seekers for a better career are going to break the cycle of business depression that the media is so desperate to have us embrace. The real news is good, very good news for you. And yes, my friend, you are going to learn that we are crossing the threshold and entering into the new post-COVID era of the Renaissance business person. Yes, you are needed by all those businesses who are clawing their way back from the COVID slump and you are desired more than ever before. And what's more, you can enter that career on your own terms. Yes, young or old, you get to name the structure of how you contribute your marvelous assets. Sound good? Well, it's true. And let's get right to this Renaissance business person revelation revolution. So, Take heart, take hope, whether you're seeking a new job venue to more richly compensate for your existing skills or you're entering the job market afresh trying to position yourself for that most fulfilling track, turn on your listening ears and we invite you to oh, taste and see the art of the CEO's feast of wisdom all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. All right, now on to the world of employing your skills. Uh, and as you try to sort of settle your head around a more, with a more productive perspective of today's career market, allow me to help you gain a little new understanding with a lesson from history. So listen, my friend, and catch the analogy. It is 1347. A ship floats into the harbor in Messina, Italy. The crew were mostly dead. The remainder were barely alive. And these survivors had red rings of blood around their lips. Within a year, most of Europe was feeling the disaster of the bubonic plague. By 1371, half to one-third of all Europe had been killed by the Black Death. And... All the continent was sadly singing, Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, ashes, all fall down. By the end of the century, the plague had lessened but it, and still lingered, but the whole social structure had changed drastically. And four big things had happened. Number one, the stranglehold of the church, the feudal system, and all the traditional power holders seemed to have crumbled. They'd lost their grip. Number two, the serfs, all those lowly marginalized workers, all of a sudden they became in in demand. There were no more people to work the fields. This is where the economy depended. Uh, people... Uh, who could work the fields all of a sudden started growing richer. These marginalizers began bidding for wages and even pieces of property that had so long been held by others. Sharecropping came in, but in a very profitable sense, and it eroded the feudal, feudal lord's political power. And number three, as farms and old job providers crumbled away, 
people flooded into the towns. They began finding their own paths, trading on the skills they knew best, because everything, everything was in demand. Number four, there was a shortage of everything. So naturally, what happened? Entrepreneurism exploded. And new ventures and new places began to be great avenues for personal profit. And all of this led to a fifth most important change that happened and it turned medieval society on its head. The individual finally became seen as a valuable asset, as important. Truth dawned and enter the Renaissance with its, all its opportunities, explosions, and a whole new way of life to participate in society. Any of this start sounding a little bit familiar? Well, what goes around has just now come around. That happened 700 years ago, and my friend, with, this is a new Renaissance scenario with a whole reformed population demographic shift um, and our whole com business community turning into something that it has never quite envisioned or seen before. Today, after our current plague, just like the former one, the labor pool is shrinking. That is, the number of people who statistically are able to work has grown up to 165.3 million in, in the U.S. But the labor participation rate, that is, the number of people who can hold jobs or seek work, has dropped dramatically. It's now uh, it's down five points, down to 62%. Currently, all the estimates are, are saying that it's going to continue to drop. Some of the reasons for this are, well, death and sickness or two, uh, in addition to the 160 million, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 1,160,000 U.S. COVID deaths, forgive me, uh, uh, there are over 1.6 million employed people not able to show up for work due to their own illness or tending uh, those who in the family who are ill. Child care is another stumbling block. Uh, more than 8% of the nation's child care workers are not actively participating. Some of them are dead. And this, this has set several hundred thousands of employed workers not, that have jobs not showing up because they're tending the children. And, of course, then you all know the, the, big, the, other, the other one, baby boomer retirement. Our retirement rate has dropped 13% from 2020 to 2022. And I'm sorry, that rate has climbed to 13%, and the climb is still going. Wake me up, boy. Uh, and so distilling all this, what's happened? Employers have pulled out all the stops, scrabbling for a talent hunt on all levels. This is not just for the top jobs, the way it was in pre-pandemic years. No, no, no. They are bidding up uh, people are bidding up jobs. The national average pay increase last year was 5.1%. People are bidding, asking more, and getting more, and deserving it because they're needed. Of course, the feds hate this because it increases inflation. And uh, that's, that's, that's what really is our main inf uh, inflation increaser, by the way, not, uh, not the, the, the person who isn't president or the person you'd like to be president. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. It's, this is, we're, uh, we've got more money and it's circulating, and that's also good news. So what does this mean for you, the job seeker? What do you have to do to seize the advantage of the new Renaissance business person that, you, that is going to take the opportunity boom that's coming all our ways? Well, uh, 
there are three practical steps, as I see it, uh, in in this. There's, there's several, but the, but even before we start getting to the action, I think you need to sit back and take two major attitude adjustments. You know, take two attitude adjustments. Call me in the morning. Anyway, the attitude adjustment number one is that you, it's time for you to re envision yourself. Employers are desperate for magic bullets. They they want some sort of million dollar employee savior. Uh, for whom they also want to pay below the minimum wage. But my point is they're not looking for a job slaughter to fill, um, to, to, to be a marketing expert or something like that. They want someone who can perform. And if you have capabilities, you have to realize what they are. And you have to just find what you possess and go out there and sell it. And this isn't just cheerleading. This isn't just adjusting your psyche, uh, your your self-perception. What you're, you're doing is you're seeing yourself with a view that the marketplace already holds. They see the individual, you, as, an, as, as a potential asset. You just have to take the word potential out of there and prove them that you are. Attitude adjustment number two, you've got to be prepared to labor in strange new fields. And this is going to take uh, some more creative work. To, to, you, you want the right job that's waiting for you out there because you're going to, well, you're really going to lend a hand in creating with it. Prosperity demands work. Freedom demands work. Uh, you've got the freedom, but you have to think about your your position and what you're able to do and look at the whole many new ways there are for you to employ that basic batch of skill and abilities and personality that you bring to it. Don't forget that. All right. So once you, now that you're sort of settling your mind into the, into the new view, what are the action steps? What are the, what are the, the, the shifts to take? Well, the first is to, I think before you go race out and get into a career, stop, pause, think for a minute. The world's the world's your oyster at this point, my friend. So I'd like you to review what you need for the life you want. There are a whole lot of new ways for your career to scatter and shift, involving multiple income streams, uh, enter, uh, entrepreneurial partnering, uh, surprising new areas of endeavor. Fine, fine, fine. But before you start cherry-picking all these marvelous occupations, sit down and figure out just how much your lifestyle is going to cost. Yes, budget. Do it. You do it at work. Do it for yourself. I'm sorry. I'm Get a little anxious here, but I people don't don't do this for themselves. How much is your lifestyle going to cost? Uh, just set it, but see what your expenses, see what you've spent, see what what's going to really work for you. Put it in dollars and cents. Set, set some uh, funds aside for savings, and take this minimum lifestyle expense. It's going to make a really good guide for you setting your career parameters. And uh, step number, action step number two, you have to find all your business assets, not just the ones that are in your MBA. You have to cross departmental lines. Somebody, you did a nice mark job in marketing, and you really did it well. So someone says you're a great marketing marketer. That may be, but they're not. They're looking for more than a marketer. They want somebody who can 
get the stuff on the shelves and get it sold. They want someone who can find supplies. They, they, business wants all its problems solved. So look at all the assets you have. Do you have the kind of personality that, that can make people want to do things for you or get to know them? Do you have a rich supply of talented uh, friends, comrades, and coworkers whom you could introduce? These are assets. I just ask you to think about those and put that in, in, into your thoughts. And the third step is you have to re, restructure your self-sales package. And um, by this I mean you've heard me say it, the job slot has died. They don't uh they don't want a they don't want a production manager. They want someone who can get the stuff made done and over. They're um the they're not we're doing away with a lot of the hierarchies of departments in business because that what they they have business now sees it has desperate needs and so you've been taught for instance that you can be uh, either an employee or a contractor or a consultant well not no way today Jose that myth is gone and is about holds about as much water as a 2020 stolen election outcome theory you've got a self filled with profitable services uh, so find out what they are across the departmental lines, as I said, and think of yourself as the many ways in which you can come to bring those assets to work. Don't think of yourself necessarily as just an employee. That's all That's all I'm, I'm asking you to think to consider here. Think that there, you can consult, you can be a contractor, you can be an employee, you can literally be all three, and you can do it for more than one company. I, uh, again, Restructure your self-sales package, and and that includes the resume and the brochure, and maybe you want to set yourself up more like an entrepreneurial uh, consultant. Maybe not. Think about it. Look at the options. All right. If you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which with alarming frequency streams new programs across the woefully overcrowded morasses of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it, uh, this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That is theartoftheceo.com. We are on several stations, but to hear this and all our other episodes, please visit the website. You'll be able to find your needs there. All righty. Now, action step number four. Uh, we need you to uh, – I well – Consider this. Just put it in your mind. Consider multiple income streams. We've been all taught to focus and have expertise in one field. But just, just I ask you to just put this in, in your mind and turn it around. Look at the needs of your particular industry, maybe even your particular company that you're looking at. Are you able to supply difficult items? Can you find a manufacturing source that uh, when which everyone is having a bear of a time doing at this point? And can you broker it? I had one friend uh, whose firm needed metal parts that just that were there, but they just seemed to take forever to get them shipped from these two suppliers that were, that were in New England. He was down in New Jersey. And so Ralph 
found out where these firms were. He drove up there in his car, the long and short of it, and he started bringing them back. Well, the long and short of it is he now handles the secondary career element, distributing industrial supplies, not only to his own firms, but to others on a contract basis. And he does as much of that as he wants to. He takes no more, no less. He budgets the time for that job. And it's it's another stream. It's another thing that's out there. Again, consider that in your self-sales package. Oh, all right, my friends. Now that your mind is set for the work and you and I are, are all ready to explore the many post-COVID avenues that you might never have thought of, some things that are right there in front of you, and you're going to be amazed. And we're going to do that right after you and I Take a brief sorbet from today's, uh, well, today's Feast of Wisdom as, as we offer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, uh, allow me to, uh, well, allow me to suggest to all of you that are hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of chief executive officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, may I ask, will this be the day that you take a good look at the way you earn your daily bread, then set a little spark in your soul of some new venture that might add on or replace it? Or will you continue to deny that beautiful dream that you're building for the best life you might build? The choice, my friend, is truly yours, truly yours. And as the second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the source book of business humor in the words of my wife's husband. So I have, I have a copy right here, and I'm thumbing through it. And you know, no, no. Here, oh, here's one. Here's one. Uh, the American founding fathers were able to win the the revolution because they forgot to assign anyone to risk assessment. <laughs> How true that is. As an afterthought, you know, you never know which battles you can win. Sometimes the best hope lies in a little intentional blindness. So if some ragtag volunteer army of colonials can topple a, topple a major military power in Europe, just suppose what your little startup can accomplish. Just a thought. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit BartsBooks.com and pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 best business quips uh, or, our, uh, or, or uh, our own humor resource in the words of my wife's husband. And all your jovial bombas will find themselves flinging colorfully through your speech and lifting the spirit of all those around you, including yours, or so, or so we hope. Maybe we'll just snicker a lot. Uh, and as your third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you this week's business quotation. And so let's see if you hold the literary detritus accumulation to know the author. Uh, who was it who said, if you think nobody cares about you, try missing a couple of payments. <laughs> And if you were thinking that this quotation was penned by the wry and deadpan comedian who won an Academy Award for his sad sack, everything, um, every man depicting film, the appointments of Dennis Jennings, well, you guessed it, you are right, that is Mr. Steve Wright, you are correct. 
And if you have a quip or quote that you'd like to share uh, with us and and all our listeners, simply write them down and send it send it with your name and address an email to info at bartsbooks.com. And if your sage thoughts are selected, your knowledge will earn you a mind and soul and career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. <laughs> and we're going to continue working on strategies uh, for your uh, for your new for your new career and taking advantage of all that is there around you in the opportunity boom. Right after I introduce to you the company by whose good graces we uh, are brought to you today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing. And this week, the Prometheus folks invite you to take a look at their international bestseller number one on Amazon's worldwide list. And it's the second edition of CEO of Yourself, Getting Down to the Business of Your More Rewarding Life. CEO of Yourself helps you discover the many marvelous assets and employ them toward goals that bring you a sense of mastery and really a lot more fun. Using the the model of Chief Executing Officer, these pages help you forge your own character, sculpt yourself into the effective person that you want to be. And armed with these proven elements, character, principles, endurance, unbridled enthusiasm, you'll roll up your sleeves, blow away the fog of distraction, and launch yourself on into the enterprise of you in a, in a joyful, joyful path. Never has the journey toward self-mastery been laid out more precisely and practically with a humorous wit that's going to keep you smiling all the way to success. So when you decide it's time high time to begin making your own choices, grab this guide. CEO of Yourself is also available in both Kindle and hard copy, and you may find your copy by visiting bartsbooks.com for signed copies or on Amazon. Carpe diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now, with utensils in hand, let us return to finding the, the new ways and many new avenues in which you may profitably employ your individual marvelous skills. So, you see yourself now, not as an employee or a contractor, but as an individual with set skills and, and a combination of categories. So you're going to go out and find the company you need. Good for you. Great. And where are these companies? Well, allow me, if I may, to share with you three employment avenues which post-COVID are hiding in plain sight. People don't think of them, but uh, I think that you this is something that may hold out a little more hope for you. The first, and this is, is the ever-expanding entrepreneurial world. In 2022 alone, in the U.S., we launched 5,044,748 new businesses. That's just those legal enough to pay taxes. And uh, the pre-pandemic levels, by the way, were only 4.4 million at, at the tops. So entrepreneurism, as we said earlier from our history lesson, is rampant. By the way, uh, that number of new companies is more than four times the number two company country uh, of, for entrepreneurialism, which happens to be India. But more important to you, entrepreneurs in the U.S., uh, they have a, a certain um, 
motive, they have a certain motivation that is, I won't, won't say it's, it's rare, it's not unique, but it's rare. And that is they invent. You, you know, when the minute anyone says to you, oh, I'm starting a business, the typical American response is, oh, what did you invent? Uh, we, you know, we often think of you as a, uh, the, the entrepreneur as an inventive product creator who may have very little financing, accounting, marketing, logistics, HR abilities, uh, and sure as better computer mousetraps make money, he's that entrepreneur is someone who could thrive with your partnership. So I ask you to set your fertile brain thinking about entrepreneurial partnership. And so the first thing, the first step is, yeah, with whom do I want to partner? Where do you, where am I going to find all these entrepreneurs? Well, there are many places there uh, that uh, have been gathering entrepreneurial sections. There are institutes, there are professional uh, business community groups such as uh, NYPACE, the New York Professional Advisors for Community Entrepreneurs. It's a nonprofit. It keeps a great list of regional new business and new businesses and new business owners, all in need of your help. So, uh, in your state, in your area, there. Google around and see what you can find for uh, just uh, entrepreneurial advisors, and you will find these organizations. The a second way to find them is to go to your whatever your whatever region you're in. Write the state down, or write the area, and write do uh, South Dakota Angels.com. Now, there's a local. We have a local example right here in New Jersey. It's called NewJerseyAngels.com. It's run by Dan Conley, and what it does is it takes all the entrepreneurs that that are active and and ready to go, and sets them in front of funders. There's a lot of groups like that, and a lot. So, meanwhile, you also want to check your investment groups. Um, thirdly, let uh, there is a uh, you, there are groups like uh, Vistage. Uh, and uh, many networking groups for CEOs which discuss problems. These tend to attract a lot of new CEOs and a lot of new business leaders, and you can find startups there. Another place is Incub, and this is to get it on the ground floor of the really good things. Uh, what are incubator groups? There's a lot of business incubator groups, technology colleges, and all major business universities have set up their incubator groups, and um, they may call them innovative groups. They may call them accelerator centers. But look for that through uh, your colleges. Any college that has a business uh, major will have will usually has some sort of incubator center. Um, also, uh, again, I I said visit the investing firms and this is this is a new place for you to put yourself into the business world to get your sales package ready visit a venture firm now venture venture capital firms are always seeking to plug in talent that will turn their funded enterprises into profit accelerated machines you know i mean they so they want they're looking for people like you who've got some special business talent maybe it may be marketing. It may be the person that you're able. It may be that you're able to clean the office. It may or keep it orderly. Whatever it is, so you have something for all these entrepreneurial new young firms or expanding firms that 
that the venture capital keeps on his roster. Also, try your state's economic development authority. And um, uh, again, going back to ventures, I would say try the uh, National Capital Venture Association. And there are there are state chapters, but uh, try the national. And what you have to do is tell them that you're available when they need to, uh, a company to turn profitable. You could make your pitch to them, and they will keep you on file. So, uh, so it, that's that's one way is the entrepreneurs, uh, and and that's where you find them. Now the next question is, what do you do when you get there? Uh, when you find this, first of all, you assess and see if the if the staff is right, if the if the product is right, and if it's something that you agree with. And once you've done that, uh, you you don't uh, you may not want to be an entrepreneur, but you can be an entrepreneurial partner. And there are in a, in a few ways. Number one, you can be a what I call a sweat equity angel advisor. You're going to trade your marketing or your logistics or your supply chains uh, or your supply chains contacts list for a piece of the enterprise. In other words, you will put forth your abilities and you get a piece of it. And it's uh, it's something, this is again, this can be part of a multiple income stream or it can be your whole heart that you pour yourself into. The choice, my friend, is truly yours. You could also form a partnership, a business partner who handles the commercial end of things while the uh, inventive entrepreneur keeps laboring and improving his product. Uh, and there's there's uh, a lot of people who can do that. A lot of technical people do this well, uh, as well as uh, professional groups. And they they want to just keep working on the product. They need someone who can handle the commercial end. And you have to decide what what aspect of it you want to handle. And the second thing, you can become an agent. Uh, if you're really good at PR marketing, you can literally offer a percentage of all the referred funders or clients that you bring in. And this it's this is again a partnership. And you write it down and you figure out your percentage of uh the funding that you're going to bring this entrepreneur of the 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 new client list or places to put the product. All of this is these these are things that your skills and your willingness and your work uh hold so why not take advantage of them? They will be very, very happy to open the door for you. And all right, so where else can you peddle your unique skills uh, to, to to groups that have a thriving product? Well, let's see. There's also a professional service groups. Think I ask you to think about that. The, the, these are groups that traditionally concentrate on services but not the business. Uh, law firms are a perfect example. Most of these guys are terrible when it comes to marketing their own expertise. They weren't even allowed to until some years back. And then uh, they can't, and they're terrible at uh, marketing the, the real humanity and benefit of their services. Lawyers don't have the best reputation. So can you market them as true contributors to society and to their company? If you can, they want you, and because they want, they need the clients. I have one friend who was so good; she brought in more. Sharon brought in more clients than all the rest of the firm combined. Her first, her, her rookie year, she it worked so well for her that she actually uh, started out and and 
started off her own separate business outside of that law firm of finding uh, top law people and recruiting them. So it, the out, the avenues are there for you. Uh, let's add to that when you're looking, not just law firms, architectural firms are like this, accounting firms. Uh, yeah, even the money boys, they, they're terrible at, at things like at their own logistics. Even real estate firms, they're always looking for new talent. Medical and dental professions. I have a friend, Rob Simpson, who was a savvy gentleman of business who knew how to handle funds and accounting and quickly learned the, the process of time management and scheduling. He literally drove this large medical practice team into renown and high profits. So if he can do it, perhaps, perhaps there's a space for you to give it a shot. Uh, and Or maybe you can just clean offices to their specific needs. Maybe you can prepare client communication methods. Maybe you can put out necessary papers that explain uh, in common English for something like insurance sales. Maybe you're just the sort of person who could handle, who's willing to wade through and handle the office compliance. All of those things are out there for you and the need is great. And the third employment avenue, this is a, it's hiding in plain sight, and I bring it up to you, uh, and that is military civilian jobs. This is true. Traditionally, these jobs uh, range, uh, uh, say, on the base, and they range from, you know, defense contractors to pharmacists to accountants to retail people on the base. Look at the base, uh, if you look at most military base websites, there are avenues, there are, there are openings and contacts listed. Make an appointment, see what they need, see what you've got. It's, it's worth making a fit. Uh, and all of this leads me to our final re-sculpting yourself, uh, your, uh, re-sculpting your career self for today. Get social. One of the greatest voids in our business community is social skills, and my friend, it's not getting any better. But the person who could put down that gosh darn phone and pull out the earplugs and step up in front of the person face-to-face and talk intelligently uh, is going to get what he wants and he, who can get what his company needs or bring pleasure to all concerned. The world belongs to the talkers, my friend. Get used to it. Why not be one of them? And the truth is, more deals are made over a nine iron or a swirl glass of single malt scotch than are ever made staring mutually at a screen. And I'm not even going to waste your time by lecturing how much more solid, secure, and peace of mind proffering it is to make a deal with two people who shake hands. So get out there, be yourself, and uh, have some fun, for goodness sakes. After all, business is contributing useful energies and distributing them, and it's a way for you to fulfill your, scratch your creative itch and have some fun. So may you all, my wish is that you find a great contribution and a great way to enjoy and fulfill your life through it. So, as we round out today's feast of wisdom, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's parting shot. Our CEO is the kind of leader who can, unasked, list all 200 of his phone apps, but cannot offhand recall one achievement by any of his employees. (laughs) I trust you've not fallen into the vices of the devices trap, but 
uh, I would like to finally say to you, all of you, each of you, gleefully sharing our feast. I hope you've enjoyed the art of the CEO as much as I have enjoyed bringing it to you. Remember that you may download this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.